This is Campus Voices. Issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. A public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU. Hello and welcome to Campus Voices. I'm Lance Vai. Today my guests are Dr. Clinton Rowe, Professor and Chair of the Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences, and Dr. Ross Dixon, Assistant Professor of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences. Today we're going to talk about their work here at the college, the Traveling Climate Exhibit in Love Library, and how climate change is going to affect the future of Nebraska. I just want to thank you Dr. Dixon and Dr. Rowe for joining me today, just being able to come out here. Pleasure to be here. You're awesome. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah, so just to start off, what brought you both to UNL? <laughs> well, the short answer is a job. Uh, um, I came 35 plus years ago, and mm -hmm. so uh, I've been here for a long time. Had you know, The school had a good reputation for climate studies, and so I took a job as a faculty member. Uh, I've been here just over a year, and mm -hmm. uh, similar reasons that was uh, interested in, uh, I'm, I'm a climate modeler, I'm interested in uh, projections of climate and uh, there's a, a reputation in this department for atmospheric science and, mm -hmm. and climate studies. All right, and so you said that you've been here quite a while. What <laughs> makes you stay around? Like, how come you haven't decided to leave and go somewhere else and try something new? Well, yeah, the interesting thing might be that I came actually for a one-year temporary gig. Mm -hmm. uh, and then 30, 35 plus years later, I'm still here. I, I like the environment. I like the people that I've encountered over the, mm -hmm. over the years, and it's just been a great place to work. All right. Do you have like any future plans or do you plan like staying at UNL? Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I, nothing. I mean, we're working, uh, Ross and I both are working on a project mm -hmm. uh, to look at uh, issues of climate resilience mm -hmm. uh, in, in the Great Plains. Mm -hmm. so, so climate resilience, what do you mean by that? Like resilience? Um, basically able to stand up to changes that are taking place mm -hmm. in, the, in, the, in the climate, either by adapting to the new mm -hmm. situation or by trying to limit the amount of change that takes place through mitigation processes. So Awesome. That's actually pretty cool. So you've been here a long time, and I've kind of looked into your research a little bit. Can you give us, like, a little bit more about your research, like what specifically you do? Well, my originally when I came, my, my main focus was on interactions between the land surface and the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where I've always worked. I actually started out my college career as a biology major, so I've been mm -hmm. really interested in ecology and so forth. And, mm -hmm. And uh, then more recently, I got involved more in climate change issues and model, mm -hmm. modeling the future climate states. Right. So. Do you have like any future research plans or is this something that you like kind of stuck with and you want to just keep sticking with and continue on into the well, future? I think the, the climate change and the climate resilience is, mm -hmm. is my future uh, mm -hmm. for as long as it is. <laughs> for you, Dr. Dixon, are you doing anything specific for research or anything similar to that? Yeah, so it's uh, a lot, it's, it's very similar. Okay. I'm very interested in just atmospheric dynamics in general. So oh, yeah. for me, the climate problem is not just a crucial problem for thinking about human impacts, mm -hmm. but it's also a very interesting scientific problem. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, you know, it suits me in both of those ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. And, and so both you guys are very focused around climate change and different things like that. So just we're going to transition over to the traveling exhibit here at Love Library. What went into getting the exhibit just to come here? <laughs> well, it was it, it was a rather long process, mm -hmm. uh, not because of anything um, that, that took time in and of itself, but um, the National Center for Atmospheric Research, who built the display, mm -hmm. um, sent out an announcement um, in 
early 2020. <laughs> early 2020. Early 2020. So we're so talking like pre-COVID kind just of early? pre-COVID. And I really? said, oh, that really looks like a great exhibit. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see if we could bring it to Nebraska. Mm. And they had only exhibited a couple places just in mm. Colorado nearby. Uh, and they hadn't yet figured out about, you know, putting it on a big truck, taking mm-hmm. it somewhere, unloading it, and, and, and setting it up. Yeah. And so they said, well, okay, Nebraska's farther away. We're going to have to go through all those logistics, mm-hmm. but it's not so far that we can't <laughs> we can't come to mm-hmm. and kind of watch what happens and make sure everything mm-hmm. goes to, to plan. Uh, and, and so they were interested in, in using Nebraska as kind of a test case for their sending mm-hmm. it to other places in the future. And then COVID hit. Oh, and yeah. so we basically shut it down. And then uh, last, I guess it was probably – I don't know, it was December or early 2022, I can't remember exactly when, they contacted and asked me if I if I was still interested in bringing mm-hmm. it to Nebraska, and I said, certainly. And so um, we started figuring out the logistics of it, and I, I had to find a place to put it. It turned out it was a bit bigger than I had anticipated yeah. and took up quite a bit more space. I had hoped we would have been able to put it in Bessie yeah. Hall, our, our department's home. Uh, but it was too big for that, so yeah. so we uh, so I searched around. I talked to the state museum, Morrow Hall, mm-hmm. and uh, they said, "Oh, she's all our temporary exhibit space is booked up for the next eighteen months." And, and then I happened to be going to a meeting with the the dean of libraries, and I uh, was walking through there, and I'm looking around. There's quite a bit of space in here mm-hmm. now, and uh, and so I, I brought it up uh, after we had finished the meeting for other, the other things we were talking about, and I brought that up with her, and she put me in contact with uh, their events coordinator mm-hmm. uh, and the committee that he, that he supervised. And um, fortunately, I knew him from some other things. And, and we, we, we all decided hey, this is a great place, a great thing. And mm-hmm. we walked around the library with uh, one of their other events planners and picked a spot and, and brought it in. And I read into kind of like your bio a little bit more, and you're more focused on the sand hills of Nebraska and that in, that was the, another, in, the, I, in the atmosphere. Like, why the sand hills? Like, how I, come? Well, I, partly because I have a short attention span. Um, <laughs> so I, well, like I said, I started out, my main focus was on land atmosphere interactions. Mm-hmm. And so the sand hills is really an interesting area from that perspective um, <clears throat> because it, it it's, well, it's sand, right? Yeah. <laughs> so when it rains on sand, what happens? The water flows through the sand really pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And so the surface ends up drying out, but the water still continues to drain down. So in the sand hills, you have all these areas of, of um, groundwater that's close to the surface, in some case, even above the surface, and mm-hmm. there's lakes, right? So it's a really interesting area in that regard. And Years ago, um, I had some students who were interested. In, they were looking at um, storm systems that would like be coming in from the northwest into Nebraska, and they'd go over the sand hills, and they kind of would die out. You know, you'd see this rain, or you'd see these big, big clouds, and they'd start to die out. And then when they got to the southern side of the sand hills, over the wetter ground, they would fire back up again because moisture in a storm is mm-hmm. really, really important um, for convection. And so we started doing some modeling there, and then I got involved with with a big biocomplexity project because the Sandhills just has enormous uh, complex biodiversity uh, uh, in it <coughs> for for this region. It's not not quite like the rainforest mm-hmm. or something like that, but it's but for this area, for, for it's a very interesting uh, environment. It's a very has a very interesting ecology, both physical and biological. So it was very intriguing. And then, I, you know, after I got through with that, I got back into talking with colleagues about how climate change might affect 
the groundwater resources mm-hmm. in the Sandhills, which is really, really interesting because what were kind of our ex- expectations for this part of the country is to have um, more precipitation in fewer storms. Mm-hmm. You know, so this heavier precipitation, but then longer dry periods in between quite often. So mm-hmm. we could have we could have floods and droughts, you know, mm-hmm. under climate change in this area. It's really an intriguing thing mm-hmm. where you might expect you're gonna okay, if it's gonna get warmer, you're gonna it's gonna dry out. Mm-hmm. Or if you get more precipitations, you're gonna get floods. But we can get both. And so what's gonna happen to the this resource that's incredibly important for Nebraska and the whole country? this groundwater that's that's underneath the sandhills. So yep. it's really intriguing. Do you see like climate change affecting in, so as you were saying, like groundwater, Nebraska has the Ogallala Aquifer. Mm-hmm. Do, do you see climate change possibly affecting the Ogallala Aquifer and other like aquifers around Nebraska, especially in the sandhills? Undoubtedly. Um, mm-hmm. There's no question that it will. How much and in what direction is the real mm-hmm. question. And that's that's the that's the interesting thing. All right. Awesome. And so when, so thank you for that. And we're going to switch back over to you, Dr. Dixon. And so at the traveling exhibit, um, it would have been a couple weeks ago, you gave a seminar there. Mm-hmm. Could you give us like a brief rundown of what you talked about during that seminar? Yeah. So my talk is, was really co- focused on what we can learn from computer simulations uh, of the Earth's future climate, mm-hmm. regionally, globally. Uh, and the talk was really thinking about how we build models and how do we trust models? Because mm. everyone is interested in the future, and we need to use models to make predictions about this. Mm-hmm. But how do we go about thinking about creating those uh, was really what, what I wanted to, to convey with my talk. Mm-hmm. Um, went through some simple, uh, very idealized simulations, and then mm-hmm. talked about how we bring all of that together to create the best kind of uh, representation of the global Earth system. Uh, so that was that was a lot of fun trying to think about how to put all of these ideas, you know, all these things that <laughs> mm-hmm. I think about. How do I communicate to that to the general public? Um, but but the 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 end message is that we need models because mm-hmm. there is no second Earth, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we uh, put a lot of effort into thinking about how to represent all of the physical processes: mm-hmm. convection, precipitation, clouds. Uh, large-scale transport of energy, sea ice, uh, ocean dynamics, land surface processes. How do we think about numerically modeling all of these really complicated things and using them together to make predictions about the future? How is climate change going going to specifically affect Nebraska? And I know that's kind of vague, <laughs> but is there anything like specific that like Nebraskans might have to like watch out for or start thinking about possibly in the future? Sure, sure. Well, one of the things one of the things about Nebraska, and we all know this, we see it, you know, every every year we're talking about it, right? Mm-hmm. The weather is changing all the time, from mm-hmm. day to day, hour to hour, sometimes, right? And weather and climate are are different beasts, but that variability in weather also carries through to the variability in climate for our area, right? And so we sit on, and part of the reason, and it's also part of the reason why the weather is so variable, we sit on top of very strong gradients in climate. So if you think about north-south, we have a temperature gradient. It's generally hotter to the south and cooler to the north, right? Well, that, that, that gradient, that change is really steep over Nebraska. Um, also, the moisture, right? It, mm. it's, it's, there's, it's more humid and rainier out in the eastern part of the U.S. and drier to the to our west. And so we sit again across, there's a gradient there from dry to, to, to moist across Nebraska. 
And so we've got an intersection, kind of like a checkerboard almost, if you want to think about it, of these strong gradients. And so small changes in the climate system can lead to fairly large changes in what we experience in a place like Nebraska. Mm -hmm. uh, now, in terms of the direction, you know, I think it's pretty unequivocal it's going to get warmer here. In fact, yeah. we've seen over the last 30 to 50 years that it's already getting warmer. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I think is really a good way to do that, if you can go find, you know, since it's spring and it's planting season, right? Like if you can go out and you, and you buy your, your, your flower seeds or your vegetable seeds in a packet, there's often a little map on the bottom of, the, of that seed packet that shows uh, hardiness zones for different plants. And if you can go back and find some seed packets, you know, go to the, go to the uh, flea market area, you might find some old seed packets from 30 or 50 years ago. And the map's very different. We've mm -hmm. had a, about a one zone yeah. shift uh, across Nebraska, where we're now much warmer and the, the plants don't have to be quite as, as hardy as they used mm -hmm. to be uh, to survive. Now, it doesn't mean we're not going to have cold winters. We're still going to have cold winters. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but but it does mean that, that things are changing, and that kind of will likely continue to change as well. Mm -hmm. Now, the, the harder part is, is it going to get drier? Is it going to get wetter? Uh, and that's that's a difficult question to answer. What day is the last day that it'll be here before it gets packed up and moving on to the next place? It's here through the end of the semester, but I think it'll actually be up for about a week or 10 days longer okay. just because the day that they've arranged to do the packing, I think, is mid-May. So okay. they might be able to still catch it for a few days after the official end of it. I think the official end is the Friday um, before graduation, and then maybe it stays the 12th for first. something like that. And then I think it's... It, it, Maybe the pack-up day is the middle of the next week or something like that. But you might might have a couple extra days. I'm super excited that you guys are able just to take <laughs> oh, time out of your day, come here and meet with me. And, uh, yeah, and it's pretty again. clear that we're very passionate about this topic. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah, so thank you for inviting us yeah. to come and talk yeah, about thank, it. Thank you for having us. Yeah. No Clinton, Ross, thank you both for joining me today and talking with me about climate change in your research. Our guests have been Dr. Clinton Rowe, Professor and Chair of the Department of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences, and Dr. Ross Dixon, Assistant Professor of Earth and Atmospheric Sciences. I'm Lance Vai. Thank you for listening. This has been Campus Voices, issues, news, and notes from the campus of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. To comment on this program, call 402-472-3054 or email to krnu at unl.edu. Campus Voices is a public affairs presentation of 90.3 KRNU, Lincoln.